0: good evening where I am, although it's light, uh, light as though it were an early afternoon if this happened to be midwinter, it's, uh, it's half past five, that's, that's tea time by anyone's standards, I, I'm calling that evening, and yet uh, here we are in early May, not a million miles away from, from the equinox, days here in the northern hemisphere are getting long, I am sitting by a a bowling green in a Cambridge college, somewhere I've I've broadcast to you from before, I believe. Um, Not this exact seat, but certainly this exact college. Um, And I'm enjoying an overcast, but but nevertheless temperate, um, as I say, early evening. Uh, As I look around the bowling green, the trees, all the deciduous trees have come into leaf. Um, sycamores and other trees <laughs> that at a glance I cannot name um, the wisteria is is flowering as it won't across one of the buildings and here and there I can see um, undergraduates sort of kind of looking nervous I think they're looking nervous it's the right time of year for an undergraduate to look nervous an undergraduate that look, doesn't look nervous at this time of year is either too cocksure about their approaching examinations uh, or too stupid to remember that they have them. That's the scene set for you. Um, welcome to First Draft. Welcome especially to subscribers. Big up all you subscribers. Um, thank you for uh, for keeping this show on, on the road, as they say. Uh, sort of medium big up a medium up a semi up if you will to (laughs) that's childish a semi up if you will to uh the non-subscribing listeners i mean it's nice to have you here uh but have a little think that's all i'm saying um what are we going to talk about i've got lots to talk about today and only about 23 minutes remaining until i've got to return to my room in college (coughs) and don uh formal wear for a, a, a f- I'm going to a feast this evening have I been to a feast before I don't think I have I've been to I don't think I've been to a banquet even I've been to some fancy dinners all right don't get me wrong but never a feast this is such a this is such a feasty feast it has an extravagant dress code so extravagant that I uh, I had to buy new clothes to attend this feast this week which was itself a pleasure went to a gentleman's outfitter. A historic gentleman's outfitter. Which has been outfitting the royal family since the mid-19th century. So they told me. Bought myself some fancy gear. Um, so I'm going to be putting that on in about, what's now, 21 and a half minutes. Um, before that, there's, there's plenty to discuss. And when I say discuss, there's plenty for me to hector you about. Um let's start with medieval capital punishment i guess um i i think 31 years ago i i remember having something of a musical awakening around the age of nine uh discovering grunge music discovering rock music um discovering punk music uh and yet the, the window in which I believed I could ever be involved in any of those things was, uh, was slammed shut, really, when I realised how, how poor I was of a guitarist in my mid-to-late teens. So it's some surprise to me that 31 years on, here I am sitting, able to announce to you that I have appeared in a music video <laughs> for a punk band, a secret, secretive punk band called Max Creeps, the identities of the members of Max Creeps PC Bullshit and Max Blastic yet to be revealed Uh, however I've appeared in a medieval themed song called Hung, Drawn and Quartered brackets 1424 and if you go on on the YouTube at any point from now on forever I I, I think you'll be able to watch it Uh, and the, the video begins with a mini lecture by me About the origins of hang, draw and quartering Now those of you who've read Powers and Thrones Will know that hang, draw and quartering Was a novel um, A novel Way of killing Particularly heinous traitors uh, Invented In the late 13th century Devised so far as we can tell Under the the rule of Edward I um, As an exemplary punishment For truculent Rebellious, unrepentant um, Welsh people like me—I myself might have been hanged, drawn, and quartered by Edward the First. Thankfully, I was not in this life. Maybe I was in a past life. Maybe that's that's the uh, the energy the universe has manifested. We'll never know. Suffice to say, hanging, drawn and quartering was a pretty grisly way to go. It's about as gnarly. A, uh, a death of the, the Middle Ages devise, I believe. Um, anyway, Max Creeps wrote a song about it. Set in the year 1424. And involving an apple. That perpetual symbol of temptation and punishment. So if you want to listen to that, it's on the YouTube uh, it's linked via my social media. I'll probably put a link into this post. You can probably just click on it and go and watch it. Go and watch it. Why don't you? Go and see medieval history combined with punk rock. Um, they said it would never happen. Can you hear the birds cawing? Those are, those are crows. They're actually cawing. It'll never happen. They're behind the times. They don't have YouTube. But they, are, they do believe the medieval... Medieval history and punk rock will never collide. They don't believe that the way to be in a, uh, a punk rock music video is to study super hard at school. <laughs> Pass all your exams, go to Cambridge, study medieval history, write a little books about it. What the, what the hell do they know? It's idiots. People say the crow is the cleverest of the birds. But that's, uh, that's, that's bullshit. That's fake news put about by the crows. That's all I. Well, Crow, that's a good segue, isn't it? You don't know because you don't know what I'm segueing to. I'll tell you what I'm segueing to. Was the Wednesday thread this week. Thank you. This was a popular one. I should have done this before. I don't know why I didn't think of it. The Wednesday thread this week, I thought of when I was. I had to take my dog to the vet on Wednesday because he needed his teeth cleaned. And with a small yapper type dog, as Eddie Azard used to memorably describe small dogs they've got to have a general anaesthetic to get their teeth cleaned. Anyway, you don't need to know that much detail. As usual, I digress. I decided as I was sitting in the vet that it would be great to know who you thought the most famous historical animal was. And by jingo, you came up with some good ones. I thought maybe Dick Whittington's cat which for a long time I maintained did not exist, but then somebody told me that a cat skeleton was found in archaeological excavations performed near the church where Whittington was buried, so it's possible Whittington did have a cat, per the pantomime and legend. Uh, But then I also thought it could be the old wolfie, the wolfman, sorry, the she-wolf, actually, not the wolfman, I got carried away thinking about the itv show gladiators from my youth featuring the wolfman um the she-wolf that suckled romulus and remus that's a pretty famous historical animal but again possibly mythical and then i've also actually named another mythical animal reynard the fox who i'm (laughs) going to do a big post about if you don't know the stories of reynard the fox you're missing out on a hell of a lot um these are maybe the best medieval outlaw stories, maybe they are, I think they might be I think Ardman, who make Wallace and Gromit have a Reynard the Fox series or film or something in, in development I think I read that a couple of years ago it doesn't really matter, Reynard the Fox is is insane that guy is next level, and if you don't know the stories you should know the stories, and if you don't know the stories I'll, I'll write something about the stories quite soon because uh, I love them Um, Anyway, all three of those on reflection are not historical animals So I've immediately failed my own uh, test But you guys, you super legends You big swinging people uh, Came through Um, Salisa Hoskins, actually Salisa Hoskins has sort of come through Salisa Hoskins has, has maybe followed my lead by suggesting as the most famous historical animal the snake in the Garden of Eden depends how literalist you are about your Bible. I don't know, and I don't wish to presume. You, you, we, do we think the snake in the Bible that tempted Eve into chowing the uh, the old apple? There's the apple again, rearing its head, <laughs> bobbing up from the apple bobbing barrel sorry Americans that's probably garbage you don't understand um is is the old snakey was there really a snakey was there really an apple e was there really an adam and Eve? big questions um but I think we all know the snake we're talking about pretty famous what did what did the snakey do Tempted old Eve. Hey, this apple's delicious. Why don't you eat it? No, no, I don't. Um, I think I was specifically told I could do anything except to eat that apple. Nah. You must have got that wrong. Oh, okay, I probably did. What does it taste like? Nom, 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 nom. Ooh, let me go and tell Adam. Adam chows it. Disaster. Disaster. You know how the story goes. We're still, we're still living with the consequences. I think that's a great shout from Sleaze Hoskins. Uh, let's move on. Karen Elizabeth Ellis nominates Mary. I think this might... Holy sh... Holy shanimal. This might be a real animal. I finally got one. Karen Elizabeth Ellis says, I nominate Mary Exeter's famous heroic war pigeon. She was trained by Exeter resident Cecil Brewer and helped deliver top-secret messages during the Second World War. She's honoured with her own English heritage blue plaque revealed in extra in 2018. She was one fine bird. Holy crap! A moly, that is a fine bird. Was it r- really Second World War? I, that feels very First World War. I be, I'm not questioning you. If you'd asked me on you know on jeopardy of my life whether a pigeon, a historical pigeon, would have gotten huge in the Second or First World War, I'd have gone. I'd have gone first every single time so this is this is great stuff and actually karen elizabeth ellis has has provided more information mary was awarded the dickin medal the animals victoria cross for gallantry after her war service she made four flights to occupied france was injured each time by both pellets and hawks trained to attack carrier pigeons her neck injuries from her final trip required her to wear a leather collar to live comfortably it was fashioned by her owner And she lived, brackets, presumably, happily for an additional five years. There were 53 other recipients of the Dickin Medal between 43 and 49. Curious dates. But okay. including 32 pigeons. 32 pigeons were decorated war heroes. I'm just going to let that sink in. 32 pigeons won medals for their service in the second War. That's wild. She's buried in Ilford Animal Cemetery in London. There's a plaque in Mary's Honour at Exeter North northern hay gardens holy smokes that's amazing my, here's my only question oh here comes misery guts <laughs> here's my only question here comes misery guts <laughs> throwing a damp squib into the middle of this happy story is it possible for a pigeon to be gallant that's my question is, is awarding animals like pigeons Uh, war medals is that effectively anthropomorphizing the old pigeon is the pigeon just so keen on getting grain or worms or whatever you give it that it's just doing, it's it's just taking the message, it's not really thinking oh oh, Jesus what if uh, what if a Nazi hawk x my eyes out Is the pi- my, what I'm getting at here is if the definition of bravery is being scared and doing something anyway, and I know that's a big if um, does the pigeon have the rational slash logical capacity to make that choice or is, as I've suggested the old pigeon just desperate for a worm I don't know what pigeons eat clearly (laughs) okay it could be worms I'm going to leave that question with you why don't you tweet your answer to somebody else no actually I am interested in your answer I'm semi interested in your answer I've probably forgotten all about this in about three hours time when I'm at a feast (laughs) eating my worms (laughs) bravely (laughs) like a fucking pigeon Um, (laughs) I'd like to say I'm not trivialising Mary the Pigeon's war gallantry now but I feel I am I feel I've slipped into into trivialising a pigeon which wasn't how I expected my day to end Greyfriars Bobby Sandra Davy. how about Greyfriars Bobby lovely story set in one of the best cities he has his own statue and it's his, birth- it's his birthday today that was on May the 4th happy birthday Greyfriars Bobby for those of you who don't know the story of Greyfriars Bobby uh, it's like a, just a it's a little little Scottish dog Uh, in Edinburgh in the Greyfriars area of Edinburgh who doted on its master and when the master died I think just hung around the master's grave for for time have I missed out some crucial elements of the Greyfriars Bobby story I mean I grew up in Edinburgh a bit I did a bit of growing up in Edinburgh during my childhood we're talking ages about 6 till 9 here do I re- oh, I, ne- oh, I remember the statue? We used to drive past the statue. Do I remember? Have I forgotten crucial elements that probably have? Oh, well. Karina Achille, Hannibal's elephants, or at least the three that made it across the Alps. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. Um, Bob Fabischak says, The animals Dan mentioned are certainly noteworthy, but their fame more is associ- more a reflection of the person associated with them. Oh, yeah, because I also named Marengo, Napoleon's horse. That was a real animal. How about an animal famous in its own rights? The great horse Secretariat. He was the most dominant horse of his time. Oh, right, he's a racing horse. Still holds record times in each of the Triple Crown races. Even people who aren't racing fans know his name, even if no other horses. Interesting point, Bob. Is he the most famous racehorse? I mean, Biscuit's absolutely livid for a start. Seabiscuits, uh, I think Seabiscuits more famous, famous, not Fabus, not even a word, I think Red Rum's more famous, racing wise, I think Secretariat might be the third most famous racehorse, not bad to make the podium, is it, no, it's not, but then I don't know anything about racing. But then again, that's the point, isn't it? I don't know anything about horse racing. And the two horses I could name you are Sea Biscuit and Red Rum. No, I wouldn't have named Secretariat. This is pretty much the first time I've heard of him. As an alternative, says Bob, I'd propose Mrs O'Leary's cow, who allegedly started what became the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Not laughing at the fire. Just laughing at Mrs O'Leary's cow. The story's likely apocryphal, but the fire did start in the O'Leary barn. (laughs) What was Mrs O'Leary's cow fucking blazing? (laughs) Having a reefer in the barn. (laughs) Hot rocks on the hay. Uh, What was going on? How does a cow start a fire? (laughs) (laughs) They produced a lot of methane. (laughs) Mrs O'Leary's cow doing the, like, the, uh... (laughs) uh, The Bunsen burner trick. Caused over $200 million in damages, brackets, in $1871. Well, Bob, (laughs) that's... You've really... That's an amazing contribution. Thank you very much. I've... You've given us a lot to think about. And I'm not, for once, being sarcastic. I've enjoyed that a lot. Um... Mandy Chestnut's in the house. Mandy Chestnut lives in the house, to be fair to her. She's going with the rats and fleas who shall remain nameless that are responsible for spreading ye olde Yersinia pestis throughout Europe, North Africa and Asia. Can you hear some undergraduates shouting? They should be revising. I might go and tell them. You're going to fail. No, you should never say that to undergraduates this time of year. That's that's a joke. I would not say that. But I might tell them to pipe down a bit. Uh, I probably won't. Oh, hold on. Eva Sawyer's back on the... uh, Back on the... Back on the horses. Eva Sawyer says, suggests, the Godolphin Arabian. He was one of the three stallions that laid the foundation for the modern thoroughbred. Seabiscuit, Man of War and War Admiral can all trace back to him. There's Seabiscuit again, just saying. Hashtag. Uh, Brody Marshall is going to put a vote in for Grendel, Beowulf's nemesis. Is Grendel an animal? What the fuck... Was the, I? I'm, no, I'm thinking of Grendel's mother here. But then, if Grendel's Grendel was a beast of some sort, but an animal or a monster, is there a difference? I think there's a difference. Tom Schwartz says Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Shane Bat says the Easter Bunny, <laughs> and Mickey Mouse agreeing with Alison. Uh, for pure historical value, though. I'd say the dragon's most famous animal, given its prevalence in iconography of multiple cultures around the world, and perhaps the... And... Sorry. And perhaps the unicorn. I was too hasty there, Shane. Sorry. Finally, for a real animal that once lived, what about the T-Rex? Yeah. I don't sleep on the T-Rex. I... Yeah. T-Rex is pretty famous, actually. But... The trouble is, is... Are we... There's not a single T-Rex, is there? That's like saying the most famous animal is the sheep. I need to know a specific sheep. If you're saying Dolly the sheep, fine. If you're saying <laughs> uh, Terrence Rex, <laughs> Tyrannosaurus, you know, the the greatest of all the Tyrannosaurus Rexes, I think it needs to be a specific one. I don't know. There aren't really any rules, to be honest, are there? Voitek, the Syrian bear in World War Two, Says Harry Panter And his carrying of armaments The Battle of Monte Cassino Etc Didn't know about that There was a bear in the First Crusade Godfrey of Bouillon had a fight with it A peasant saved him had Terrible injuries I believe um, I don't know about the peasant That No one thought fit to record How the peasant got on After it killed the bear He killed the bear They killed the bear Bear was fucked Godfrey Bouillon was in a bad way too um read about it in my book Crusaders Black Beauty says Rona yeah not bad um Lake of the Space Dog says Deborah among it also mentions uh, some others um Cleopatra's Snake uh, Mike Allen's going with the old asp um don't know why I said asp in that particular way I meant asp um Mickey Mouse, says The Chronicler. Yeah, another vote for Mickey. Uh, Savannah Darcy says Fenrir, the Norse wolf, is the most famous pet, the monstrous child of Loki, who killed Odin at Ragnarok. not too sure whose pet he is, but I'd love a giant wolf god. Who wouldn't love a giant wolf god? Thank you, Savannah Darcy. And Savannah Darcy writes a substack, a historical point of view, so big up Savannah Darcy on the stack. Go check her out. I say Uh, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer says Maricia Uh, the dove from Noah's Ark says Paul Bennett yep did the dove from Noah's Ark get a medal for gallantry we need to know Um, Athena's owl says Julia Dietz who also is uh, writing a substack big up Julia Dietz's everything I own is covered in sugar Big up Deb, who writes a substack, All Things Tudor. Uh, Deb says, My history group says you. She means me, because you're so wild and untamed. I'm quite tamed, to be honest. I am quite tamed. Uh, am I wild? I feel wild. But maybe I've just got a. a Extraordinary lack of self knowledge. Um Hugh of Lincoln's Goose, says Michelle O'Lender, that's good stuff, Hugh of Lincoln's Goose. This is the this is the old goosey goozy, goozy. <laughs> who helped build Lincoln Cathedral. It's fucking fantastic stuff. But I think it was a swan. Now I now I mention it. Wasn't it a swan? Wasn't it oh wasn't it a, sw- a hooper swan or something? Uh someone have a read of Powers and Thrones and remind me. Um, another vote for Laker, the space dog, by Michelle Marmelo. Pedro, Dolly the sheep, rearing uh, her clonied head again. Scrooge McDuck, loved Scrooge McDuck when I was a kid. That bit at the beginning of Ducktales, where Scrooge McDuck dives into the uh, the sort of the, the the pool of gold coins, that looked like wild stuff when I was a kid. Fantasized about doing that. Only realise in retrospect that diving into a pool of of money would not be the same experience as diving into a uh, a, a, a ball pit full of uh, hollow plastic balls. I think it would it would just be painful. <sighs> have we got any more? D- We've got loads more, but just not vastly more time. I mean, your boy's got to sew himself into his corset. To be fair, uh, let's have one more. Um. Yes Hum Catherine the Great's horse says Don Mack Dragging us into the gutter Shall we leave it there? I feel like we should leave it there Here comes a magpie Solo magpie <laughs> Look at me with it's beady eye Shitting shitting copiously still looking at me now it's gone under a hedge i think that'll do for now won't it i'll uh, i'll see you next time